Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Hey everyone, Scott Tucker here again with another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're really excited how the sh channel's been growing. Excited to get the podcast out in audio form in a few weeks. But if you haven't done so, please subscribe, share these videos uh, with those who can benefit from it. And actually, if you'd like to come on the show, make sure you hit me up on LinkedIn and, and let me know. We'd like to start scheduling more interviews after the holidays. One of the things that we're doing this for is to show the idea, you are doing it for ourselves and saying, hey, we're in a new age. Sometimes you got to shift. You got to try new things. You got to, as we like to say in the military, adapt and overcome. And that's why I'm excited to bring on William Randolph, the CEO, the founder and CEO of Think Acquisition, uh, Navy veteran, uh, longtime government-related uh, worker, but he got into entrepreneurship. So I'm so excited to hear this story because uh, you don't hear about that much. Most times you hear when someone's getting out of the the military, they're looking to do the double dip thing or so on and so forth. And so, William, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, Scott, for having me. No, absolutely. I know you've got a, a lot of insight to share, but why don't we start off? Let's tell us about your journey. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. It uh, looks like you spent a lot of time each at a different, a bunch of different places. So I'm sure that was intentional in a way, maybe building some skill sets, but eventually you went out on your own. Tell us about that story. Sure, absolutely. So my story starts like I'm sure a lot of uh, stories start. A typical 17-year-old know-it-all from a small <laughs> town in uh, in Virginia, and and I was wanting to catch the first thing smoking out of town, which was the Department of the Navy. So I joined the Navy at 17 and eight months. I was I was actually my parents had to sign for me to go into the military because I, I wasn't even eight, I wasn't even 18 yet. And then I spent five and a half years, a little, a little over five years in the Navy, came out with GI Bill in hand. And I went to school, a small liberal arts school in West Virginia, and then joined the federal government in procurement. I had all intents and purposes of going back into the military, but then I found government procurement and working for the Department of the Navy. So it was like, oh, I get a twofer mm -hmm. that I get to do that. I get to get to have this new career and work for the Department of the Navy. So my very first assignment in federal government and actually was the first 10 years of my career was working for the Department of the Navy, where they actually build, buy and deploy ships submarines, platforms, weapon systems, and things of that nature. Wow. So it was really, yeah, it was great bar stories coming. Like, yeah. I, I buy missiles or I buy torpedoes. So it was pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So in that 10 years, I, I learned a lot and then was able to transition my next job for the next four years of my career was in the Marine Corps. So I was a DOD guy through and through. Okay. You know? So, um, and then have, had the opportunity to then join uh, Homeland as a quote unquote senior executive in the acquisition and procurement space okay. and spent the last you know eight years of my career there. But as you mentioned, there were multiple 
jobs that I had along the way. And all of them, but to your point, once you get to that about halfway point, you start thinking about <clears throat> what's next. In the end, those assignments were all very intentional to line up the skill sets that I believe what I needed to do to be successful on the private industry side. Mm -hmm. So I did the consulting thing for three years after I retired in 2016. And I did the consulting thing around D.C., Washington, D.C. for about three years. And then I got all the another intentional you know move to get all those skill sets so then i could start my own company uh mm -hmm. last year and then Ju july of last year i hung my own shingle and haven't looked back since wow congratulations i mean i, I love the intentionality of hey building the skill sets when we come out of the military we don't know what we don't know. So, some of us right. come out deer in headlights and that doesn't help. Or we're a little too headstrong and just say, I, can, <laughs> I went to war. I can do this too, of course. Yeah. And the world doesn't work that way. But too often then I, I feel that people come to me and they're, they're kind of like what I'm doing, but I don't know what to do. Sure. It's like, all right, we'll change the intentionality of what you're doing. Rather than just, this is my job and my new career. It's get to the point where you're building that skill set and then be prepared to move, be looking for that opportunity. Can you tell us more about your mindset around as you were doing that? Because it wasn't overnight. It's not like no. you're like, oh, I'm going to go try this for a year <laughs> and then go start my business. I mean, Absolutely. I spent 21 years in the federal government. So yeah. after, after the five years in the military, I really like your word intentionality because my first job assignment out of the government after I got out of college was to go work for an organization that was aligned with the organization I had just left. So I worked for the Department of the Navy. So I knew how water flowed, you know, if if you will. And I was and we were surrounded constantly in that organization by by current military members. So there were military members all through that organization that they were having their shore tours there working in that office, you know, in that office setting. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like it was a brand new setting. It was just a pivot from what I was doing before in the Navy. The Marine Corps was the exact same thing. I used what I used, you know, what I learned and was and had had matured in that 10 years of working for Naval Sea Systems Command to go to Marine Corps Systems Command. Mm -hmm. So it was the exact same thing. It was really intentionality that I was really designing. And again, I didn't know what the outcome was going to look like. Who knew? I didn't know then that I would be doing this, but that every time I would be building upon, I would I'd take my Lego blocks that I collected over here and that I would add to them over here. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I never left blocks behind. I always took all my blocks and just kept building on top of them. So I think that's a strategy when you're thinking about intentionality and our fellow veterans transitioning from the military for, at whatever age, whether that's one tour or after a 20 or 30 year career, take the building blocks you have and build upon them. Don't just throw them away because we mm -hmm. learned very critical and very fundamental skill sets that can pay that pay huge dividends in the marketplace uh, when we bring them along with us. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think that leads into really what you wanted to dive in a little bit deeper on the ability to observe, adapt, assess, assess, and, oh, yeah. and overcome. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's, let it fly. It's, Let, what, you know, it was just—it's just a powerful—it's just a powerful set of skills mm -hmm. that we innately get in the military. And you pick mm. the—you pick the service branch. Part the, the job is to be observant, see, observe, identify things, act, and then 
be, be, be able to do it over and over again, that you don't always have all of the gear and equipment you need to be successful. Mm -hmm. This is the, the most important piece of gear you can have in the fight is your mind and then how you prepared your mind and body. And that, that applies hope 100%. And that shifts 100% to entrepreneurship and into private industry. And I just believe that skill, that ability to adapt and overcome, observe, adapt, overcome, and especially when you think about the year 2020, all the things that we've had to observe, mm -hmm. see, adapt, and overcome. That's just a skill set that we never get bogged down in the in the kind of the activity of today. It's okay. I understand what's going on. I understand what environment I'm playing in, but we've got things to do. And I and I don't mind using the word mission. We got missions we need to mm -hmm. accomplish. So as a result of that, we just go in and do those things. And that's some skill sets that I think were honed very well in the military. No, I think you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, it seems as veterans, we, we forget we're allowed to do that and think for ourselves because we're just so used to there's the rules, there's a system in place. It's like, sure. no, recognize the game you're actually in if, if you want to win. Otherwise, we get upset, we get disappointed, we get let down. How do we give ourselves that permission to go figure it? So I think, Scott, it's really about that same concept of unity of command that mm -hmm. we use, that we had in the military. If someone's in charge. Instead of someone, it's just need to, we need to replace ourselves in that position. We're in charge. <laughs> We're in charge. We actually have the ability to make decisions and that men and women will follow us if we are accountable, we have done our homework, we and we've done the response we have the responsibility and the accountability laid out where we want to go that i think that's the way to give yourself the permission to be great or to be yeah. to, to at least to act is to say i'm in charge that unfortunately there will be no one there's there's going to be no company commander or platoon commander that's going to say okay now we're going left there the world will spit you will chew you up and spit you out mm -hmm. if you don't take advantage and take control of your life so that's in my model um, and that's a great question i never thought about it in that context <laughs> but it's really that unity of command that's something we learn in the military is unity of command someone's responsible okay it's a, when and there was a as a result of that when someone's responsible, someone's accountable for making the decision and going to be held accountable to the outcomes. If we can just take that individual out and plug us in there, go off and go execute. And we must, because uh, at the end of the day, there's nobody responsible for you getting what you want than yourself. And blessing and a curse, uh, many of these, hey, how do we help veterans more, more organizations, more guidance that, that keeps leading people down a path where they, they don't know how to take responsibility. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that can and that can backfire in a lot of ways. But I'm curious, as you intentionally went through your career, building those building blocks, did you feel like you were building a personal brand different than your? I, I think that only came later on. OK, my my brand, if you will, was I wanted to be a professional no matter what it was. So this is this is branding and marketing before there was branding and marketing. We used to call it and I'm probably dating myself a little bit, but you had a reputation. What was your what was your rep? So as a result of that, your reputation was what in today's parlance is your marketing and your branding. What yeah. were you known for? So I always wanted to be known for being able to get the work done being a professional and being an adult. I always wanted to be in the adult in a room. There were so many, there were so many times where when I was going through my career, I was one of the youngest people in the room. But I always wanted to portray or, or, or portray a vision that I was an adult 
So uh, we, we took things seriously. We made adult decisions and we were held accountable for our actions. So mm -hmm. I, I, I tell you, that carried me more, Scott, than probably anything else in terms of building a brand that now that has, now I have a company that I build, a, that I have a brand around and that has a brand. But even the foundations of that brand are, are me, the individual. Mm -hmm. That I'm, There's an adult in the room. Whenever you see me, there's at least one adult in the room, okay? And that we're going to be thoughtful. We're going to do our homework. We're going to be prepared. And then we're going to be held accountable for our actions. I love that because that it's just the concept of mastery. Be good at whatever it is you're doing because yes. then you're going to find the holes. That's how you find opportunity. That's how you stand out being different from anybody else because – you know, that, I love how you the adult in the room thing. I feel so different than I did when I got out. You know, technically, I'm no differently licensed or credentialed than I was 10 years ago. Obviously, there's an experience thing in it. But actually, experience had nothing to do with my career in the financial industry because you know, five years after I started, I, I felt absolutely no different in my skill set. It's when I started to see problems that other people weren't solving for some reason. I was like, why aren't they doing it this way? Now, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I need to have mastery in actual things that can impact people's lives versus sure. just regurgitating information. And man, did that change it. So I, lo I love the way you put it. So that leads us right into what, it, what are you doing with Think Acquisition? What's the goal there and, and who do you help? Sure. So Think Acquisition really is, is the culminating entity from my 26 years of government experience, okay. starting with my five years of the military and then adding additional 21 years of procurement experience. So what I do is I help companies that are interested in buying and selling back to the federal government, particularly in, you know, in, the, in the sales and delivery services and products, helping them build and grow and scale their companies and to target, and target opportunities from a business development space. I'm using the skill sets that I learned over 26 years and helping them come to the marketplace as an adult, being, being owning their responsibility, your own, owning their decisions and being held accountable for their skills, for their, for their, for their skills, what they bring to the market and their actions. Mm -hmm. So that what I'm doing right now is I'm a consultant and then I'm a, and I'm a coach and I help companies that are interested in, in playing in the government contracting space, get ready get in the game and then win. So it's not just about, hey, we got the newest, best widget. Like, no, it, it, it's it's a whole nother animal. What are you seeing that folks that want to get in that space are, are missing? I, I think it's three things. One is you touched on it a little bit earlier about having a brand in the space. Mm -hmm. People still, no matter how how much of a meritocracy the federal procurement system is, meaning that it it's supposed to run smoothly no matter what, <laughs> and it does it is not influenced by people. So that's true, but the system is actually run by people. Right. Therefore, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> therefore, people do business with people they like, people they know, and people they trust. So my job and what I do and what I coach and what I consult on is how do companies become people that the federal government buyers like, that they know, and that they trust. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes that shows up as social media or public presence. What is their brand that's finding their tribe and talking to that tribe and being engaged in their in the people that that consume the goods and services that they buy and being a good member of the community. 
whatever that community is, whether you're in construction, whether you're in personal services or IT, those communities live somewhere. Before they lived out in, you could go to a conference or an expo and you could find 500 of those people. Post-pandemic, all those events now are shut down, mm -hmm. but those people have congregated in places mm -hmm. on online. So on LinkedIn, that's where that's where I've planted my mm -hmm. uh, social media flag is that my community lives there. So I engage in my community. I give content. I give free content. And I use a strategy uh, that is like the foundation of my coaching practice. It's called free to fee. That you start with something free, mm -hmm. giving free content, and then you work your way up that free content. And mine is, I have a YouTube channel called Williams Whiteboard. Mm -hmm. And it is 10 minutes. The longest ones are 10 minutes. So it's short form content, free content. I had 30, I have 36 weeks of them now started in the very beginning of the pandemic back in February. And that was a way for wow. me to get in front of my community. Yeah. And, and all I do is give free content. So we talk about things in the government contracting space, leadership, sometimes acquisition and procurement. And those free things end up being, ah, oh, someone reaches out and says, wow, could you do that for an hour for us? Sure. Could that, then the hour turns into a half day, the half day turns into the day mm -hmm. and the day turns into three days. And just at the end of last fiscal year, I landed a year, one year contract to do education and training for 12 months. So it works. So I'm not, it's not like I've gone on Google or, or went and read the top five books and I'm just regurgitating stuff. Mm -hmm. This is the stuff I live. This is the model that I use when I decided to hang my my shingle out and start my company. This is how I did it. I started small. My very first contract was forty eight hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Wow! And then I la and then I've landed some that are hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. uh, recently. But that's the progression that I use, and that's what I take, and that's what I coach: how to start small and get in, become someone that people like, know, and trust, and then you grow your business from there. Yeah, that's the definition of wealth that I that I put in the book. It's not. We both got pretty cool logos. I, I like yours and stuff. But it, it's not about that. It's yeah. what is the value you can bring to others? And oh, by got the it. way, everyone, you have value to bring to somebody. If you didn't realize that already, and guess what? Because of this internet thing, we all have the opportunity to go out there and create a YouTube channel and to slowly build it because you can choose how money you want to make at some point, as long as you keep on, on putting it, putting yourself out there and, and getting known for what you do and becoming a master of it. Because yeah. if you're just out there BSing people, they're going to, they're going to see right through people, it. Right. People see through that really quickly. Yeah. We know one of the things I you touched on it also is the permission thing mm -hmm. before you, like you said, just start a YouTube channel. And again, I was in that camp of all oh, it's got to, I've got to have the right camera and I got to have a, a, a green screen. I got to have this. I didn't have a tripod. And then one of the, and then the, <laughs> the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to just start. Mm -hmm. And I remember the very first video when you look at, when you look at episode number one, you may not be able to see it or not. You may not be able to recognize it, but my iPhone was sitting on top of three cardboard boxes. Yeah. I didn't even have a tripod. I just turned it on and started talking and then I hit the button to upload it. And it was like, it was such a telling moment for me. And that has then moved into other, it was a mindset shift for me that has moved into other spaces that you do not need permission anymore. There yeah. used to be gatekeepers to the newspaper and gatekeepers to the television and gatekeepers to radio and gatekeepers to magazines. All of those gatekeepers are gone. 
You can build your own magazine. You can build your own television channel. You can build your own radio station. All of those things to form a podcast. Mm -hmm. You can, there are no more permissions necessary. You just have to go do the work, have something to talk about, be authentic and genuine, and then share. Yeah. And, and your audience will find you. That's the coolest thing about this. And guess what? It, it, the amount and the number amount doesn't matter. That's because we are coming in this out of this Instagram age where everybody thinks you have to have a certain number of likes or followers. It's no, you need to have the number of followers that resonate specifically with you. And if need be encourage people that you're not a good fit fit yeah. for to, to find something listen. else. Yeah, don't listen to me. Don't go away. I'm, I'm not yeah. here to convince you to use my. Service. What I say in my book is, you know, I'm not here to convince you. I, I'm writing this to, to those people who already know what I say to be true. They just didn't know how to, you know, implement it and, and do it. And I think that's the opportunity that you've taken advantage of. And man, I love your energy. I love your just hey, go get it done. Go get and it. And you have any other messages you wanted to leave our audience with today? Yeah, I think there are two. And I'm going to just bounce off of one, one comment you just made Do it. about growing escape, growing and scaling. Remember, every person that has a million videos or a million views or a million likes or two million likes or three million likes, every one of them started with number one. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, no matter how many they have today, they have with number one. So then the only difference between them and you is what you're doing with your time and whether you're pulling the trigger to go get number one. That's the only difference. Okay. That's the only difference. So that's number one. And then number two is really about, I'll go back to permissions. Okay. You don't need permission anymore to be great or to be in the game. We can get great. So don't even think about, oh, I've got to get great. Because sometimes that's a barrier that somebody thinks, oh, I got to be great coming out of the gate. Nope. You just got to come out. That's the only thing is to come out of the gate and then you can get great. And time again, I look back, I've done 35 episodes of my, on, on my channel. And when I look at the first one, I was like, cringe. It's like, oh, oh, it was horrible. But at 35, it gets a little better. There's some still some cringe worthy moments. Okay. But they're, they're, they get fewer and fewer every time. So just get out of the gate, take the action. If you have a thought. And again, my Williams white boy was a, with an idea I had two years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. It was two years ago. It was in the can two years ago. And I never took action because I thought I had to, everything had to be perfect. I had to have a studio at home to run a video. I got right. an iPhone 11. Okay. And a couple of cardboard boxes and it started and it was enough for me to get out of the gate. So everybody starts with one and you don't need permission to get out of the gate. Just open the gate and go. Yep. It's about getting in the, the reps, as you said, uh, before we got started. And the, the other cool trick about getting that one is only one person saw it. And that is, so you don't have to be afraid. It's, if they don't, if somebody doesn't like it, they're, they're not going to sit there and ridicule you. But think about those times you've had a conversation with somebody, anybody, and you said something to them and they were like, oh man, thanks for that insight. I never thought of it that way. That's what this medium allows us to do is to if we're impacting one person, there's a chance you can impact more. And if you put it up there, put yourself out there, not only can you grow yourself, but you can slowly reach more and more people. And I think, I don't know if, if that's what life means to me. I don't know what we're all doing here. <laughs> Otherwise, Absolutely. right? If not, yeah. Agree. Agree. Thank you so much for coming on. How do people contact you? Who should be contacting you? So again, my primary clients are those that are interested in starting 
incubating, scaling, or like truly growing an exponential growth of government contracting businesses. So whatever you sell in the private industry, I'm sure on some level, I've only found two things, illicit drugs and adult entertainment that the federal government doesn't buy. Okay. <laughs> so everything else the federal government buys. If you're, if that's a, a message that resonates with you, reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's where I live. William Randolph on LinkedIn. Come join the tribe and, and be a part of doing something great, growing families, growing companies that help families and help grow wealth, n not only monetary wealth, but kind of knowledge and time being your freedom, your time freedom to help your, you and your family and change the trajectory of your life. Awesome. Thanks again. I put, hey, make sure you check it out. Subscribe to William's Whiteboard as well. They are great videos and great insight, and it's a great way to support our guests. So thanks again, man. And for everybody else, make sure you subscribe and share share this video so we can get that word out there. But we'll Thank see you, Scott. you. You bet, man. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.